Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. He is risen. All right. Every time I say he is risen, you'll say? Okay. He really is. Today, we want to celebrate, continue to celebrate, our resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a good occasion, isn't it? A great occasion. Can't think of a better occasion than today. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Today's message is entitled, Because He Lives. Because He Lives. Now, I called one of the worship team members and I said, well, can you sing the song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow? They said, well, uh, it's already on the repertoire. I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Go ahead on, Jesus. <laughs> doesn't God, he, he who works without you ever saying anything, doesn't he? He works. So thank you, worship team, for hearing from God in, in your uh, selection of your songs. Fantastic. Verse 1. <clears throat> now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. We do not believe in vain, do we? No, we don't. For I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That is very important, that Christ died for our sins, because we all, when we were born, we were born into sin because of Adam's sin. So it doesn't matter uh, whether what you did, what you didn't do, we're all born in sin. So the thing is that we have to have a Savior. We had to have a Savior. He had to be a, a Savior that was, that was not born of sin, and so... Uh, we have Jesus Christ, who was born of a virgin, that the Holy Spirit uh, was important in that. And I tell you, it is fantastic today that we don't have to pay the price for our sin. That's the good news, that we do not have to pay the price for our sins, that our sins have been paid for, and we can say, Praise God for Jesus Christ because he was a total satisfaction, uh, the Bible calls it the perpetuation. He is a total satisfaction of our sins, a total satisfaction. So your sins have been prayed, paid for. You can tell the world that, that you don't have to die and you don't have to be uh, thrown in the lake of fire and brimstone. You can now uh, live forever with Jesus Christ. You can reign with him because... Your sins have been paid for. That's what we are celebrating today, our Lord and Savior who was born and who died, was buried, and resurrected. Verse 4, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. 
that's very important because when this uh, epistle, this letter was written to uh, the church at Corinth, uh, these people that saw the resurrection Lord, they were still, a lot of them that were still alive. And so you can't just lie about a situation when you have so many witnesses. So we serve a living God. All the other religions, they don't serve a living Savior, whether it be for some people, uh, some religions they call Muhammad, they, they idolize him. Jesus Christ is alive. And that's very important to us. We don't serve uh, Buddha. We don't serve anybody that's dead. We serve a living, resurrected Lord. So that's, that's, that's good news. That's good news for us. Now, that's the introduction. Now, I want to give three points, and then we'll close. The first point is, now, because of this that was written, we know that we serve Jesus Christ. We know that we serve a risen Lord. But what does it mean for us today? Today. We want to, we, we want to, uh, we want it to be relevant, don't we? We don't, want to, we don't want something to be just history only. How is it going to affect my life today, now, in Lynchburg, Virginia? That's what we want to encourage you in today. Well, because he lives, because he lives, we have a future. We have a future. That's important. We have a future. Let's, let's look at it in verse 12 of the same chapter. We're going, we're going to stay here for most of the time. Chapter 15, 1 Corinthians, verse 12. Now, if Christ is priest, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some, of, some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, of course, when he was writing this, the church there, the people there in Corinth, they, they didn't understand about a resurrected body because they felt that the body was evil and that the, the soul would go on, but not, not the, the body. And when he, they were taught that, the, that Jesus is going to come and, and, and we're going to all uh, be lifted up and, and meet him in the air, and then we're going to be changed, that, that, that actually our body is going to be raised. And so they didn't, they didn't think that was going to be true because why would the soul want to be in a, in a, in a, in a body that is a, a sin body? So they, did, they didn't understand that. So he was teaching them that, oh, yes, there is a res- resurrection. Let's continue to read there. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, for your faith also is, is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, this is verse 17, your faith is worthless, you are still in your sins. We are not still in our sins, are we? We are not still in our sins because we believe in a resurrection. Oh, yes, we believe in a resurrection. And then it says here in verse 18, 
Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, if we have believed, in other words, in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. I mean, we, we, we are pitiful if he's saying that if, if we believe in Christ only in this life only. Let's stop here for, for just a minute because I think it's very important that we understand that we have a future. And our future is not about this life. And that's good news because if it's only this life, tell me, tell me, please, is there enough joy without pain and sorrow and without all the stuff that we have to go through? Is there enough joy to just have encouragement and joy in this life only? I know for me, it was not then and it's not now. Because I know that we all go through things. I know that this life has a lot of sorrow in it because it has death in it. It has pain in it. It has injury in it. It has uh, mistreatment in it. It has so many things in it that, yes, I can be joyful for a while just in this life before I was born again. Yes, I can be joyful for a while when things are going the way I think they should go. Is that, is that true? When, when things are going well for you, you can have joy. You can have joy. But that joy is just for a season. Because sooner or later something, something else is going to happen. And then you're going to have pain again. When I was teaching, I, I, I used to watch, when I was younger, I would watch people retire and die. And I said, well, man, they work and they work and they work and they couldn't afford to retire real quick, a lot of them. And, and, and so they worked and worked and worked until they got really, really old. And, and then they retired when, they, when the school system even started giving you incentives to, to leave. You know, they, they'll give you extra uh, retirement or something, early retirement, so you can leave so they can get younger ones. And they put you out of pastor. And, and I was saying, <laughs> I was saying, my goodness gracious. And then you hear about about five years later, they died. They had cancer. They had whatever. And I said, well, is, is this what it's all about? What do I have to look forward to as I grow older in my professional teaching? What do I have to look forward to? Because my future was in this life because I was not saved. And there are many people just like that. And I hope we are not like that. Just living for today. Living for this life. And not thinking about our future, which is our future is if he is resurrected, we're going to be resurrected. And he is, he is alive forever and ever and ever. There is no end to his reign. There is no end to his rule 
God is going to rule and going to reign forever and ever and ever. Eternity. We will reign with him forever and ever and ever in, in eternity. So we have a future. Now I can face this life, this life's joy, this life's sorrow, this, life, uh, this life's uh, disappointments. I can face that now because my future is not tied up in my, uh, let's say, 98 years of 120, if you believe that you'll live to be 120. What, you know, <laughs> and the older, the older we get, the more we believe we're going to live to be 120. You know? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. But I know that there are not too many 120-year-olds living. And if you have very good genes, <laughs> you know, like uh, Sam's mother, Miss Dorsey, man, her mother lived to be, I don't know, well, she was 100 and something, her, her mother? Uh, huh? 102, and, and, and she said her, her brother is still driving, and, 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 and he's, he's about, I don't know how old, what, he's 90, you know, so he's, he's, you know, my goodness gracious, you know. And I, when I get up, I say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> got to get these legs moving, you know. Uh, so uh, this life is not where it's at. I have a future. And I'm so glad that this body is going to be changed, that I have a new body. Yes, indeed. That won't have no aches, won't have no pain, you know. Won't have no you know, arthritis or all these things that this world brings, we won't have that. Uh, Isn't that so glad? I mean, we are glad of that, don't we? We're so glad of that. Okay. We have a future. We have a future. Now, let me tell you about for, for young people, for us and older people, I was looking at a statistic, and in 2002, the U.S. Census Bureau, they, 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 they gave some statistics on suicide. The 11th leading cause of death was suicide. Suicide. I mean, it's higher than the um, mortality, or the, the, than homicide, because homicide was number 14. So, so you, and you know that uh, people are, are killing each other and things like that. You know they've been doing that since the beginning, since... You know, Adam, Cain, and Abel. So we know that that's happening. But people are killing themselves more than people are killing each other. This is in 2002. The leading cause of, uh, I mean, this is terrible, isn't it? Why? Because they don't have a hope for the future. They They think everything is tied up in this life. That's what they think. And so if things are not going the way I think they should go, if, if it looks like I don't have any hope, if it looks like, you know, uh, everything I do is just get up and go to work, I come home, I go to bed, and everybody's pressuring me for more money, they're pressuring me to do this, they're pressuring me to do that, I should, uh, you know, be more of a, a better husband, I should be, you know. They, all this stuff is out this life. And so then they think, well, if I end it, then, hey, I don't have to worry about that stuff. They're not considering eternity. And I'm so glad that he's alive 
that he resurrected, he rose again, and that he was the first fruit of those who rose again. So that means that we're going to rise again. That means that we have a, a future in eternity. This little 120 years, I say 120 years, okay, this 120 years is nothing compared to eternity. How old is God? When did he begin? He always was. When is, when is his life going to be over with? Never. He always will be. So therefore, our life, once we die, still is going to be, and even now, it's forever. Our life, once we give our life to Jesus Christ, because he paid for it, our life, we, we have eternal life now. And it, we will always have eternal life. We're going to be in existence as long as God's going to be in existence. Yeah. So that is good news to me. Now, my little aches and pains, my little disconnected uh, finger here uh, that I did in high school, uh, all this stuff, you know, losing my hair, all this stuff <laughs> doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Because we're only talking about this little bit of Tinson Winson life that if you would if you would take just one grain of sand or just one rock or, or something, uh whatever it is, a little little grain, and compare it to all of the earth, it still would not equal eternal life. And and this little grain is like our life. Our life is like a whisper, like a, just a little a little breath, like a little mist. Okay. My goodness gracious, why in the world am I concerned about this life? Why am I living just for this life's joy? Amen. And we can be excited about this life, even, uh, well, let's say, we, we, we can say the little pain that I suffer, the little inconvenience that I suffer, uh, the, whatever the diagnosis was about you, whether, whether you are... Uh, uh, can't walk, walk, or whatever the situation may be, whatever it is, we can say this light affliction is just for a moment. Just for a moment. Compared to the eternal glory that we're going to have with Jesus Christ, with our Father, with all the angels, for now and forever and forever and forever. Can I put up with a little inconvenience for 120 years? <laughs> See, well, we, think, we think that our thinking is based on the world. Because our thinking is that that's a long time. That's a long time. And if, if I said... Natalie, I am young. You'll probably say, man, you're deceiving yourself, wouldn't you? 
because most young people think that we're old, right? But are we old? No. No, we're only old in this world's system of time. That's all. That's all. Old is like, well, Methuselah, was he old? We said, well, you old as he looked old as Methuselah. Well, well, they were still having children, 500-some years old. You know, they, they, they're not old because, because if they died in the Lord, then they still, uh, they, they still are going to be like Enoch. They still are alive. They still are forever and ever and ever. We have a future. So please don't put your hope in this life. Please don't get so um, sorrowful and so um, uh, uh, depressed or whatever situation about this life and this life's troubles. Don't do it. Because we have a future. Because he lived. That's all. Just because he lived. Now, that's point number one. We have a future. Is everybody now excited about your future? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want you to be excited about your future. Let's go to verse 20. We're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because he lives, we have a purpose. We're living in this life. Now, I'm not saying that this life is not important. Of all I said about the future, I didn't say this life is not important. Because if it were, if it were not important, as soon as we got saved, he would have taken us home. We have a purpose in this life. Verse 20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who are asleep. For since by man, by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. He is coming, isn't it? Does it say at his coming? He is coming. Then comes the end. As he comes, then it says, then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. So Christ is saying here through the apostle that Christ is going to come and then the end is going to come. Then Christ is going to hand over the kingdom to God the Father. Then it says, verse 25, for he must 
reign until he has put all his enemies enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son himself, listen now, the son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him so that God may be all in all. In other words, it's saying that when the end comes, Christ is going to hand the kingdom back over to the Father. Going to hand all things back over to the Father. And it says that, that Jesus has been accepted because, because the Father has subject everything to Christ. He's given everything to Christ. It says that in Matthew, he said, he said all things have been, all things have been handed over to me by the Father. That's in Matthew 11. That's what it says. All things. All things. And it says here, now Christ, once he put all his enemies under his feet, he's going to now turn all things back over to the Father. And then the Father, and even Christ is going to be subject to the Father. That's what it says here. Now, what does it mean we have a purpose in this life because he lived? It says in verse 25, for he must reign until he has put all things under his feet. So we know that he's reigning now. Jesus Christ is reigning. He's reigning. He's seated with the right hand to the right hand of the right hand of the Father. He's reigning. But now what does that have to do with us? What it has to do with us is that since he's reigning, and since our life is hid with him, matter of fact, it says that we were crucified with Christ. Didn't it? Nevertheless, we live. So when was Christ crucified? Over 2,000 years ago. And it says that we were crucified with him. So that means when we gave our life to Jesus Christ, even though we weren't born then, we're, we're here in this day now, 2015. It says that when you get born again, now you, because you gave your life to Christ, when he was crucified, he was crucified for you then. And we know that because of the scripture. He says that, you know, uh, that, that, you know, you were, you were thought of even before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Yeah, we, we said that in, a, in another, another message. We were saying that we're all predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and all those type of things. Because he lived, I'm telling you, we reign with him. We are supposed to be training for reigning. Because I know that you are training your children for whatever. Is that, is that, is that correct, Felicia? You're training her to be to grow up to be a, a nice young lady, adult teenager, aren't you training her? She doesn't do what she wants to do, does she? You're training her. She's not ready yet, is she? Okay, but you're training her. And aren't we training our, our children? Aren't we? We're training our children 
God is training his children. And we all are children of God. He's training us. He's training us to reign. He's training us to reign. I want you to know that. You remember in the scripture one time he said, don't you know you're going to even judge the... Come on now, come on. Don't y'all remember that? We are trained in the training. Our life is here with Christ and God. As he is, so are we today. These are all scriptures. And, and so he's saying that if Christ is reigning, since your life is here with Christ and, and God, since you were crucified with Christ, you're reigning too. You're reigning too. All things have been turned over to Christ. You remember in scripture he says that all things are yours. Whether, whether Paul, whether uh, Peter, whether, you know, life, death, all things are yours. It says that in the scripture too. And he was talking to the church. I'm trying to get us to see today that we have a purpose. We have a purpose in this life. Yes, we have a future. But God didn't take us when we got born again, he left us here for a reason. We have a purpose to, for, for this, how many ever years from the time you get saved, from the time you, you know, uh, he takes you on, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose for living. He had a purpose for you being birthed. You were thought of, even in the womb, he knew you. Is that true? That's scripture. You're in on the palm of his hand. Now, if, if we're supposed to reign, then he put all the enemies on his feet. We're supposed to be putting enemies on our feet. We're supposed to not let the enemy, who's Satan and all his uh, demonic forces, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, we're not supposed to be allowing them to rule over us. We're supposed to be ruling over them. When the demonic act, when he saw Jesus, he bowed. Whatever Jesus said, they had to do. They had to ask permission. Can I go in the swine over here? You know, don't, don't just cast it out in the dry places. You know, can, can, it's not our time yet. Can you just send us over here? He said, okay, go. Go. What is it that Jesus could not do when he walked the earth? You, I mean, you, you, you got to, you, you have about, okay. What, what is it that he could not do? As far as when he walked the earth, he said that, 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 and I think it was Matthew, he's he saying that he healed all those who were sick. You remember he went to, to, to the house and, and um, the mother-in-law was sick and she had, she had a fever and everything. He touched her and she got up and she served him and everything. And they brought all the sick and all the, uh, those the demon possession and, and he healed them all. It says this is to fulfill that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that he took our infirmities and he bore our diseases. This is to fulfill. We are supposed to be practicing reigning. We are supposed to have a purpose in this life. 
Jesus says, hey, it's expedient for me to go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not going to come. He can't come. If I go, he's going to come. And the miracles and the, and, the, and the works that I did, you're going to do works like these and greater works than these. Didn't he say that? Yeah, he said that. Well, if he said that, is it true? Why can we do the works that he did? Because when you get born again, you have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in you. Right? We have access to the Father. We can come boldly to the throne of grace with confidence to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in a time of need. We don't need a high priest to come once a year into the uh, uh, Holy of Holies uh, to offer sacrifices for us. Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, the Prince of Peace, he's a great high priest. He's already sacrificed. He's already been to the heavenly tabernacle. He's already uh, sprinkled his blood. Jesus Christ has made, paved the way that the petition has been split. We can come boldly. So what is it that we have need of in order to make it in this life to fulfill our purpose? We have it all. We have it all. But God wants us to know that because he lives, you have a purpose. You have a purpose to fulfill that which I left you to fulfill. When he left in Matthew, didn't he say, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Didn't he say that? That's what he meant. All power. All power. And he says that, so therefore I want you to go. Make disciples of all nations. And he says, I want you to teach them what I've taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'll be with you always, even to the end. He gave them a command. He gave them a commission. In other words, he gave them a purpose for living. He could have taken them with them, couldn't he? Where would we be? Yeah. Somebody has to stay. Somebody has to tell others about Jesus Christ. You remember the... the the uh, demonic act that I was telling you about a few minutes ago, don't you know that uh, he wanted to follow Christ? He wanted to say, hey, I want to get in the boat with you. I want to go with you. Can I go with you? He said, no, 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 no. You can't go. What I want you to do is go back, and I want you to tell others the great things I've done for you. So when he left the disciples, he says, I want you to go and tell people the great things which I've taught you. What is he telling us to do? The same thing. When you get born again, I want you to go tell others the great things I have done for you. So we have a purpose. Our purpose is not to see how much we can enjoy this life. Our life is not about this life. Because he lives, we are aliens because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So we're seated in heavenly places. That means we are from heaven when you get born again because we are born of the Spirit of God. We're born of the Spirit of God, so that means we're one spirit with him. That means that we now are with him, but we're here. Just like we were crucified with Christ, nevertheless we live. Theoretically, we're with him. But we are here. So he says, I'm going to leave you here for a season. 
And this is what I want you to do. Everywhere you go, I want you to be a light. Because he said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Right? He was lifted up. He was lifted up. And he's drawing. But he's drawing through you. Yeah. How many of you have a cell phone or some electronic device that has a, you know, when you, when you, when you cut that thing on, it has a, a light comes on. And so when, you, when you're in probably bed or something and you, somebody buzz you, you know, when early in the morning around 5.30, 5.20 in the morning, they buzz you with a text. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at one of my fearless elders. <laughs> I think he's checking to see whether I'm up. I don't know what he's doing. 520, he's sending me a text. You know, you know, boop, boop. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. He's sending me a text, all right. I'm going to send you one three in a morning. <laughs> Do something for me. Those who, who you have those, um, uh, I want you to maybe kind of hold it up. Can you hold it up for me? Okay, now, Carl, can you do something for me? Now, don't, don't anybody move. Don't anybody get up uh, because uh, we're going to do something. It's just a, just a illustration. Cut all the, oh, the lights off. I'll be bright because I'm so light. Put them on. Cut them off. All of them. Okay. Now, now, hold, hold them up for me. Hold, hold them up for me. Yeah, just hold, hold those up. Now, you, you see all those lights? You see all those lights? I mean, these lights everywhere. Okay, thank you, bro. Thank you. That's what, do you understand that this world is spiritually dark? Huh? Jesus, when he was here, he says that, I am the light of the world. But then he says that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Did did he get mixed up? No. He's saying that you're going to have the Holy Spirit in you. You're the light of the world because I'm going. But you're going to be the light now, from now on. But it's not going to be just me walking through Galilee, walking in Capernaum, walking uh, around. It's not going to be just me doing this and you following around after me. No, you're going to be all over the world, and all of you going to be lights. So just like you saw all those electronic devices, all those lights, when you go everywhere you go, that's what you are taking with you. That's what the enemy sees. enemy sees there's some light. In this place of business, there are some lights over there in, in Walmart. There's a light over there in, in all these lights are going on. That's what the enemy sees. Yeah, that's what the enemy sees. Because we are spirit beings. And we are carrying light in us because Christ, God, is light. Do you understand that? He's light. There's no darkness in him, no shadow of turn. He is light. He's in us. So we're all lights. So he's saying that 
your purpose is to be that light. Your purpose is not to see how much you can enjoy. I, I've given you this world. I've given you things that, that you're to use, but not overuse. Not overuse the world system because you have a purpose. You're like aliens here. You are light, and just like I was light, because Jesus was light. He went to weddings. He, he, he went uh, different places, different homes. He ate and all those type of things. I'm not saying you can't eat, you know, your, your, your nice dinner today. No, you, you know, you are, you'll be just like Jesus, but you're light. You're light. At your workplace, you're light. You're light. Okay? That's, that's your, your purpose for being here. Because he lives. Not because of anything else. Because he lives. So, yes, we have a future. That was the first point. Yes, we have a future. We're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. But we have a purpose while we're here is to be lights everywhere we go and to, to not only just be a light just going, but we are to tell others of this light because they, 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 they you, you've been, you've gotten up in the middle of the night probably at some point in time in your life. Uh, if, if, if you haven't, then wait till you get old enough. You get up a little bit, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's dark, you know, you don't want to cut on the light because you got to, you know, you got somebody there, you know, with it, even a cat, you know, yeah, I mean, the cat don't want like that, you know, the, the, the lights either. You don't like me cut on lights, so you go in the dark. You go in the dark. So, uh, but I've gone to the kitchen in the dark, filling my way, and I've left the bathroom light on because I was coming back. And I cut the kitchen light off, but just a little light, just a little light, in the bathroom, just a little light on the, on the clock. You know, every, every clock just about is lit up at night. Just a little light lights up the whole thing. So, so whenever she covers, uh, she puts a Bible over the light by the, uh, of the clock so, so the light won't, won't shine on her eyes. But I have one on the dresser. It's a bright light. And because and, and I, I need to get up sometime, I need to see how to get up so I won't step on the cat. And so, you know, because <laughs> I mean something, yeah, I step on the cat. So, so light, people are gravitated to light. Don't you know that? They come to light. Don't they? Candleflies, they come to light. Yeah. Think both, they come to light. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have, a, you don't have any, just, just let me know who it is and I'll bring some over there. Okay? Yeah, light. Those two, you have a purpose. Because he lives. Number three. Because he lives, you have the victory. Number one was, we have a future. We have a future, eternity. Number two, we have a purpose in this life, in this life. Be light and tell others about the light. Number three, we have the victory. Let's look at it in, in verse 20, 51, verse 51. Still in First Corinthians chapter 15. 54. Let's go to 54. But when the perishable will have put on imperishable, uh, imperishable when this body is going to put on imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, 
death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, the, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord because he lives. Death is swallowed up. We were, we were afraid of death at one time. We didn't want to die because I was thinking, this world, I mean, this is all I have. This world system, I don't know what's going to happen when I, when I die. I don't know whether I come back as a candle fly. I don't know whether, I don't know what might happen, right? If you're unsaved, you don't know what's going to happen. If you're unsaved, you know, you hear people talking about hell and all that stuff. You hear people talking about, you know, uh, well, it's not going to be in the hell. It's not going to be anything. God, we're not going to send nobody to hell. You don't have to worry about that. God's so good and all this stuff. You don't know what's going to happen, so you're afraid of death because your life, my life was, was wrapped up in this world system. That's what my life was wrapped up in this world system. My job, my coaching, whatever it is, my family, everything is wrapped up in me. But now, death does not have a sting. Because to, to die is to be absent from this body, but to be present with the Lord. So what in the world, let's look at it, let's look at one, one last scripture here. Um, you can lose your place right there because we won't come back to it. Well, I might come back to it. Uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, 10, 28. Let's go there. Now, in, in, in that place it says, do not, you know, he, he, he's, he's sending out the, the, the 12. He, he's sending out the 12. Uh, that was in uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 1. He, he's, he, he called it to him and sent him out in twos and all those types of things. But this is verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body. And that's what we feel a lot of times. Somebody, you know, be in the wrong place at the wrong time and get killed or something and lose our life because our life is wrapped up in this world. He says that don't kill those, don't, 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 don't fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Meaning that I don't want you afraid of death. I, I, I hold the keys of death. I'm the life. Isn't it? That's what he says. I'm the life. He's the resurrection, isn't he? Did he tell that? I am the resurrection. That's what he said. So we can be excited about uh, what we are left with because we know that we have, a, we have a future. We know that we have a purpose. And we know we have the victory over death. So therefore, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, we have hoped in Christ. Uh, well, well, let's see. The fifth eight, verse fifth eight, verse fifth eight. It says that therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. What do you mean, therefore? Therefore, because death doesn't have any rule over you. Death is not any longer anything that you have to be concerned about. 
because you're going to be with me. And I hold the keys of death anyway. I determine when you're going to die and when you're not going to die. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord, because I've left you here with that purpose to do the works that I have given you to do. Don't be discouraged because he lives. He lives. Those are the three things that I wanted to bring. Now let's close. The first thing is that if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. It's the day of salvation. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.